everyone to be on the bench you are listening live to season four episode 19 a very special edition today well mainly because the band showed up yeah i know it's crazy how they it's been they a just popped couple up. times i don't know if it's a union thing or what but uh boy it's been rough dealing with musicians recently so it's kind of like back just... in the day with johnny carson when all the musicians went on strike <laughs> and, and they didn't have they didn't have their music for about about six months Okay, some of our listeners now are wondering who Johnny Carson is, hey, and they're going to YouTube right now. You just hey, drove them away from the podcast right to YouTube. Hey, if you haven't watched Johnny Carson, you need to, because it's one of they're the great. best late... I mean, yeah, I still go back and watch all the old episodes, and I I still love them, even now. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's crazy in history. Like, so many things change, but so many things stay the same, and you're watching Johnny Carson still <laughs> about all the same stuff they are now. Yep, and everybody yep. thinks it's so terrible now, and I'm like, that was right that way in 1960 and 1970 and 1980 and 1990. And we're it's still just a little bit better looking furniture. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no plaid couches anymore. Right. Green carpet, green shag carpet. Hey, that's coming back in though. Just, uh, yeah, probably not and coming. Greens and all that stuff's coming back. Probably not back in my house. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> oh well. But hey, let's roll it. We got a lot to cover, and uh, we're going to get right to it. I first want to thank our sponsors again uh, for their support of Beyond the Bench, Bound, Hometown Ticketing, Gipper, Superfan Inc., and Jamie Beckler in the Leadership Playbook. Thank you to those sponsors for their support of Beyond the Bench. And we're going to dive right in today, Scott. We got a lot to cover. We got a lot of good uh, things to discuss. I know yeah. people are going to enjoy. So uh, let's roll it. Awesome. Well. I am honored today to introduce Rob Miller with Proactive Coaching. Rob is currently the conference commissioner of the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference, and he's a motivational speaker for Proactive Coaching, along with Bruce Brown. And, you know, I have a, a, a huge admiration for, for Bruce and Rob and what they do. And uh, I was just actually on a podcast this morning with Hanging with ADs, and I talked about the huge impact that Bruce has had on my career. He really shifted the way I thought about coaching and and really kind of created my purpose and why for what I do. So I owe a lot to Bruce and Rob and the Proactive Coaching team. Um, and he continues to use his speaking skills and coaching knowledge to promote that proactive coaching model and the mission of helping coaches positively impact their athletes' lives. And uh, again, just completely has shaped the way I have um, kind of changed my career path or 1998 or 99 I believe is when I first met Bruce which is crazy to believe it's been that long ago it doesn't seem that long ago uh, but Rob's experience just gives him an amazing uh, you know, view and perspective of of the modern day coach and uh, how we can help you know deal with parents and all the issues and struggles that we deal with today as athletic administrators and coaches so you know Thank you, Rob, for being with us. I really appreciate you, appreciate everything you do, and thank you for being with us today. 
Thank you. And I also want to say a thank you to the National High School Athletic Coaches Association. That's why we're here, yeah. part of their endeavor. As, we're, as Bruce has written these articles and I'm doing the podcast, it all came through them. Yeah. And so I'm, I know I, lo I love that group and what their, yeah. what their mission is, what they're trying to accomplish. I also want to add in, there was nobody, anybody better than Johnny Carson. These guys through the day what that was. And yeah. Todd, I'm with you. There is no green shed carpeting ever going to see my house in burnt orange ever again. You yeah. got it. And, and I would, I would throw in there too, uh, you know, thanks for to Dave Doherty from the executive director of the National High School Athletic Coaches Association, as well as Ted Schroeder, uh, who is the president of that organization this year. Uh, two absolutely awesome uh, people that I've got to know well over the last now five years. And uh, again, two another great two people that are out there just trying to help coaches be better. So that's right. Well, Rob, we'll start off and just. Tell us a little bit about your journey through your career and where are you you are today and, and and how you're helping coaches across the country. Well, you know, it's amazing. You, you look back. I was just looking at it today. I met into somebody. And I was like, I've been at this this long. Oh, my <laughs> word. You know? But, I, I, you know, it started, you know, I, I'm going back to speak at my home high school this year and for their graduation commencement in about a week and a half, two weeks. And it's my – I walked across that stage 40 years ago. And that's where it started. But it's hard to believe it's been 40 years. But I started because I, I played four sports in high school, you know, small town guy in Michigan. But what was the impact? Great coaches. Yeah. You know, I had three, you know, our high school football coach was our high school basketball coach was the baseball coach. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he did it all. Yeah. And, and his assistant was right with him the whole way. Yeah. Those are my two main coaches. And then my tennis coach. And they all taught me something different. And they all made me want to be a coach. Mm -hmm. One taught me that how important fundamentals was. One taught me how good passion and fire was. And my tennis coach taught me how to put it all in perspective. Play to win, but enjoy this process. Yeah. Enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. And so that kind of kicked me off. And I played small college basketball at the NAIA level. Ended up coaching there for a number of years. And then got into the sports administration side where I thought I was going to kind of live for a while. But then had this opportunity in 2000 at the NAIA to start a what they call yeah. the Champions of Character program. But at that time, I'm going, what is this? And there, at that time, you know, now today there's a ton of programs like this out there. Yeah. At that time, there were there were like two. Yeah. If you remember, Character Counts with Michael Josephson yep. and then Proactive Coaching. Yeah. That was about it. Yeah. But I didn't want it to be a philosophical program. I wanted it to be application because that's where coaches live, application. But I didn't know what I was doing. And that's coming back to what you were talking about, Scott. That's when I was introduced to Bruce. Yeah. And I went out and I heard him speak. And right away, it was like, that's it. Yep. That that takes coaches in an application format. And it also explained this process to me. Not only is it the right thing to do, it helps our teams produce at a higher level. Yeah. And once you get that as a coach, so I'm doing it right, and I can produce, I can have a better chance to yeah. produce at a higher level. That's coaching. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And so I, I, I was at the NAIA to 08. And of course, I'm still with him as a commissioner. Yeah. But then in 08 is when I went full time with Bruce. Yeah. And Bruce and I have had this partnership along with his wife, Dana, since yeah. 08. Uh, kind of we reversed roles. Bruce worked for me at the NAIA for eight years. Yeah. And now I work for him and Dana. <laughs> and we're in a partnership there. Right. So it's been fun. And, and we, this is what I get a chance to do. You know, I've spoken to, I think, 49 states oh, wow. and five countries. 
And it's all about the same thing. How do we make this experience good for our kids and do it the right way under the educational model, but also helps us produce at a higher level that we got a better chance to be successful in whatever sport we're coaching. So that's what's brought me to kind of where I am now. And it's been a ride. Yeah. I tell you, it's been a fun ride. Awesome. Well, Rob, in your article this month in Coach and AD Magazine, you, you talk about the 15 traits of a natural leader. And you discuss looking for people with strong character who will stand up for what they believe in. What strategies can we use as athletic leaders and administrators to develop those leaders, those kind of leaders, on our team? Well, first of all, I think we have to be intentional about it. Yeah. Because I, here's I'm, I'm gonna be, one of the things I'm tired of hearing is this. We don't have any leaders anymore. Right. Okay. So the response has to be, what are we doing to create leadership? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's where we have to live, creating leaders. And I think there's some cultural hurdles we put up in front of kids. I don't want to get too deep into it. But I think some of the things that have really impacted us, and, and, and now I say in front of kids, but guess what? Those kids in 1995 are now our coaches and administrators today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you look at what social media has done to leadership, in some ways, what organized youth sport has done to leadership, because instead of going out and leading yourselves, everything's been adult control. Yeah, that's a great point. We haven't given people a chance to lead. Yeah. Okay, like we were three, four, and five. There were no adults around. Right. We organized ourselves. Uh -huh. We managed ourselves. Yeah. We led ourselves. You know, I, I laugh. One of my favorite ones is this. We got really good at conflict resolution. Yeah, we did. Uh -huh. We didn't. Somebody got beat up, right? Or the yeah. ball went it was a It was some punches thrown. You're out. You're safe. Well, let's, let's figure this out. <laughs> fastest guy. Fastest guy with the Muhammad Ali fist. You're safe. Okay. <laughs> and in today's world, you know, some adult will step in and try to solve that. Yeah. So we have to really be intentional about that. So what we talk about is um, kind of a three-part process. One, make them aware of what you want. And what I mean by that is, you know, I think sometimes I talked about those great coaches I had in high school because I did. I had great coaches, but I was a captain a little bit. You know what I thought being a captain was? Calling the coin flip before a football game. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's what are we, what is leadership? Let's make them aware mm -hmm. and then educate them. I think it's so important yeah. for athletic administrators and coaches to, to spend time and not just when the season starts. It has to be ongoing all year. It doesn't have to be every day or every week, yeah. but we got to keep information in front of them. And then engage them. Because I tell you what I think sometimes happens on the reverse end of what I just said. We do it in the offseason, and the season starts, and we think it's not important anymore. And we, we have to get our 120 minutes of practice in, yeah. and we forget the culture leadership yeah. side. Yep. If you don't have a good balance between culture and lead, culture and performance, you know, if I say you're all about performance and no culture, you're in trouble. Yep. And if you're all about culture without performance, you're in trouble. Yep. We got to mix those and match those. Yeah. So that's kind of the strategy is make them aware what you want, educate them on how to do it, and then keep them engaged throughout the process so they know what's happening. Yeah, that's what well, I, I yeah. think, um, you know, as administrators, too, it, it's it's important that all of our coaches, number one, get on the same page. But that's where we really have to be. Like you said, you got to be intentional about it. Yeah. And. We've got to make it a part of our programs to where they're getting the same message. I mean, yeah. uh, if you just let coaches create their own stuff, I mean, and we've got a sponsor, Jamie Beckler. You've got great stuff, too. Uh, they've Somewhere, there's got, there, use that curriculum. 
And yeah. let's, all, let's all yeah, teach the same thing. Yeah. That's right. And then there's a million things out there, right? Yeah. They all they all complement each other. Yes. You know, the guys from Duke, you know, Jeff Jansen, yeah. Greg Dale, yeah. all this kind of goes together. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and, and it's so important because, one, if you're at a small school and kids are multi-sport, yep. multi-activity, and they're getting different messages from different coaches, Absolutely. it's just confusing. Right. But today I was with, earlier today in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I was with 40 leadership athletes. <laughs> At a huge high school, they brought 40 kids in. Wow. And at the end, we started saying, you know, any questions? And, of course, most kids don't want to ask questions, right? I mean, I'm not going to air my dirty laundry in front of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And all I said was this. Guys, understand, whatever issue you're dealing with on your team, it doesn't matter the sport. They're dealing with some issues. Somebody's dealing with that same issue in a school like this, this size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One Young girl raised her hand, asked a question. That went into a half an hour oh, discussion yeah. because yep. they were, we're dealing with that. Well, we're dealing with this. So are we dealing with this? Mm-hmm. And you said it, Todd. We get them on that same page. We're going to cross, do some crossovers between sports, which is going to help them when they see it. And not just sports. The right. band, yep. right. FFA, robotics, they're all dealing with the same stuff. Oh, yeah. There's right. no doubt. Yeah. Uh, it's, I just, and that's, that's just, it just comes back to being so intentional about it. Yeah, I mean that's right. it's part of who you are. It's part of what your program is and what you believe in, and so you do it. Yeah. Yep. So, Rob, you, you know, leadership is all about listening and learning, and you talked about it a little about it just in your journey. But in the article, you discussed that teachable spirit. How do you feel that relates to the to that growth mindset that you talk about within in that the article? Uh, probably pretty close to the green shag. Carpet and the orange smirk stuff. <laughs> we got brand new segues to go now. Oh, no, God dang, we're good. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, you know, I, I think it's just terminology. We've been using that term since the late 90s, you know, mm-hmm. early to mid-90s, teachable spirit. Yep. And I think now that falls into a growth mindset. Yep. Same type of thing, right? First of all, as leaders, we have to be willing to learn. And I think that's a big one right now. Yeah. Our, our our world lives in sound bites. Yeah. You know, I just read a great leadership book called Let Them Lead. It's a it's a story about a high school hockey team in Michigan. Great book, okay? To get young people to read that would be hard because it's a great book and it's not a hard read, but it's a book. Okay. Yeah. It's like this. So you have to break those things up and turn that into a, you know, those kind of things into year-round reads or podcasts or video, but we have to keep that type of stuff in front of them that they're learning and growing. I think the second thing we have to do in the teachable spirit mindset for ourselves Mm -hmm. and for people that we're developing as leaders is really prepare them well to say, let's look at all the potential situations we're dealing with. You're never going to cover them all, ever going to cover them all, but let's at least have them ready. So when something happens, they understand how to do it. And I think the third one is even harder. And that's discussed in a teachable spirit growth mindset, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it, is be ready to allow yourself to be assessed and critiqued. You know, and sometimes we want a trusted voice to do that. You know, if I'm out there coaching, I want Scott to come on in and assess me. Why? We have a relationship that's gone on for many years, right? I trust that when it comes in. But also understand this. When some emotional parent takes a swipe at you as a coach, okay, or some coach in the heat of the moment takes a swipe at you as a player, 
And yes, it's wrong. It was done wrong. It's demeaning. It shouldn't be there. It doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to what the content was right. and say, hmm, okay, let's look at that. Mm -hmm. Now, you might look at that and say, no, that was totally biased. It's out. Okay, that's mm -hmm. fine. But one in 10 or 15 chances, there might be something there that goes, wow. Mm. They might, even though I didn't like how they did it, yep. that might be me. I might have blown it in that situation. Mm -hmm. So I think all of that falls into that teachable spirit to be willing to learn, be willing to set yourself up for success, and be willing to be assist, assessed and critiqued. Yeah, that's a, that's that being being as critiqued. Uh, I think we've lost that a little bit. So that's a great, great point. Lost a lot of that. We 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 want everything to be. We we ask people what we what way. What did you think? And they're like, oh, you're great. We just want to hear that you're great. And we're not always prepared to be like, well, I think you need to change this. Well, I didn't ask for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait a, <laughs> Wait a second. I didn't mean that. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That was a good point. I really like that. Well, the dreaded C word, communication. Let's talk about that just a little bit. You know, we all know how important it is. And um, when you're going to be an effective leader, you have to communicate effectively. So what are some key elements regarding communication that we need to continue to try and develop in our leadership? Well, I think the first one may go down a different route than you've heard before, okay? This one I might be a little different on. But I think as a leader, we have to communicate to our teams, okay? Coach ADs to coaches, coaches to team, team members within themselves. What am I going to communicate? And frankly, what's none of your business? Yeah. Because I do believe one of our issues today is we want to be so transparent at times, we over-communicate. Mm -hmm. And over-communicate leads to drama. Yeah. And drama is an energy sucker. Yeah. So, but we have to start out with saying, here's things that are going to be between me and you. Here are things that aren't going to be between me and you. All those kind of things. So it's clear, which leads to the second one, which is, I think when you communicate, be clear. Don't leave, mm -hmm. you know, entrails that no one can figure out where it's going. Yeah. Here's the communication. Make it as clear and concise as possible. I'll give you a good Bruce story the other day. Mm. So Bruce, Bruce was down at UCLA with, with oh, Chip Kelly, yeah. okay? And they walked into their staff meeting. It was six minutes long. <laughs> Bruce said he walked out and looked at Chip, and Chip said this, have you ever had anybody look at you and say, I wish that meeting went longer? Mm. <laughs> no. Yeah. I just I thought about that meeting. Yeah. yeah, that's about life, isn't it? Yeah. Let's get it, people. People are so busy. Let's be clear and concise. Get them in, get them out. Get them in, get them out. So those two things I think are vitally important. And then the third one, I think that key in communication when you come at it is, you know, and we're going to get to this, I believe, in a little bit as well because it's further down the article. Yeah. But when you do it, communicate with a level head as a leader. Yeah. You know, um, we got to be careful about at communication at the spur of the moment. Right. Right. Give yourself time to reflect on it yeah. before you communicate it. So you got, you know, I, guys, I have done this now so well in the last couple of years. Okay. I've wrote so many Facebook replies and then <laughs> never sent them. Uh -huh. right? Okay. I feel better. Delete. Let's go. Yeah. You know, don't escalate the situation. Yeah. Alleviate the situation. Don't escalate it through your communication. Mm, yeah. I think those are great ways for leaders to communicate. Well, I, I've been meeting with some of our student leaders all year, um, once a week, and 
one of the things I've just repeatedly told them is it's okay to say, number one, I don't know, but I'll find out. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is give me a little time to think on that. Yeah. Instead of rushing into that answer. Todd, I think you just said something important though. You told them, give me time to think on that. Yeah. Because I think where leaders get themselves into trouble, their intent is, let me think about that, but you don't reply or look yeah. at the person yeah. and say, I need some time to think about that. Now they're sitting over there going, oh, so I email them my leader and my leader doesn't care and doesn't reply. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think something within, you know, as quick as you can, it says, I'm going to need some time. So give me a few days to do this. That alleviates them from thinking their point is invalid. Right. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Really yeah. good point. Yeah, I agree with that too. So, you know, I, you talk about this in your, in your article here too, is just, you know, your why and your passion and purpose. Why is that? What is that? Why, why is that passion and purpose so important in our roles as leaders on, you know, either as a coach or as an athletic administrator? I think the passion, um, the passion is so important because it just inspires people, Mm -hmm. you know? The great Frosty Western, the yeah. great football coach at Pacific yeah. Lutheran, you know, his quote, you've heard me say, Scott, a hundred mm-hmm. times, but it's one I love is enthusiasm brings energy, energy brings effort, effort brings extra effort, extra effort brings excellence. Yeah. And when they have that enthusiasm, that passion, people want to be with you. And I, I do believe what we have to be careful of is understand passion can be done in different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. Some are going to be loud, raw, raw right. people and some aren't, but they have unbelievable passion. It's a fire. Right. It's a, you see this inner fire with them. So let's not kind of corner what passion is. Passion can come a lot of different ways to frankly, the easier thing to see is dead eyed people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People with no passion stand out even more than passion do because there's just, there's nothing there. There's just shallowness there mm-hmm. and they're just not, they, you know, it's like, and I was laughing because I actually was excited today because, you know, I've said I've been speaking now full time, full time for 13, 14 years and part time for up to 22 years. And I got we have to have a national movie night because my references are going now to the point. Kids haven't seen the movie. <laughs> and hey, and wait, one wait of them the, is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Wait, wait for the remakes to come out. That, that's kind of, Ferris, coming. Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Day Off is coming in a remake. I said it here. For there we go. <laughs> and. <laughs> And you'd make a good one. You'd, you'd make a good principal in yeah. that movie. Bueller, so, Bueller. Uh. And that's, I use that one. And today, most of the kids had seen it. Yeah. And I go, you know, it, I, sometimes I, I don't phrase the question right. My phrase is, you know, and sometimes we have that teacher, that Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. And today I phrased it wrong. You know, who's ever had that teacher? Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> yeah, I have. Right. You know, and, and they, they don't want to be around that. Right. You know, I say I was an education major and a history major because of my high school history teacher who made history this way. Tune in tomorrow and see what happens. Yeah. And that you want to be around. Yeah. So that, that passion starts it. The purpose is what takes you to the next level. If it's all about passion, you go so far, but then you're going, where are we going? Mm-hmm. But when you have that clear purpose that goes with that passion, not only do I want to be part of that because it inspires me, I see where we're going. And, man, I want to be part. I want to be part of that. Yeah. And so they go hand in hand in leadership. And then, of course, think about this, because it has to tie in together. And, and I say this all the time. Coaches have to understand that from an athlete, from athletic directors, because, I, you know, I'm a coach, so I can say this. We're some of the worst teammates you've ever seen. 
Yeah. Because we get caught up in our own little yep. season, yep. right? And we forget there's all these other coaches there. And they got to hear that same message as an athletic director funneling down yeah. to their teams because we're on the same page. Just like the coach has to funnel that same passion and purpose to their team because they got to be going in the same direction. And you, you bring up a great point there, Rob, that I think that as ADs, we need to do a better job of. It's giving our coaches the opportunity to communicate with one another. And it's a setting where, you know, like, Rob, we had you come speak at Ankeny. And we had Hawks and Jags all in the same room talking about we're all doing the same thing. But you just talked about a little bit, but we're competing against one another. But why are we not then working together? And I thought, you know, through that session that we had with you, we had some discussions amongst not just our coaches within our own programs, but within our district and how beneficial and how that was just a great opportunity for our coaches to learn from one another and not just within our school, but also from outside of our own four walls, our own school building, but other, you know, our, you know, another school within our district, you know, we're all doing the same things. Let's share and get better. And that pushes us to get better. If they're better, that pushes us to get better. And I, and a lot of times our coaches are competing against each other instead of working together. So the opportunities that we have as ADs to get our coaches together and to talk about, you know, sportsmanship, talk about the issues we're dealing with and the struggles and we can communicate and share. I think that kind of builds that team that you talked about and gets the blinders off our coaches and understanding that can't be a cookie cutter coach. I got to coach, you know, a lot of different kids in a lot of different ways. And I think that's so important right now. Now we know Iowa and Missouri kind of lived a different experience in COVID yeah. than most schools. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We get that. Yeah. Okay. But I, you know, I, I, I kind of say this, you know, for a year and a half, two years, I did not make an appearance in California since January one, I've been there five times. Yeah. You know, cause they're opening up, yeah. mm -hmm. but this for them, what, where we were in the Midwest, 18 months ago, California is right now. Right. And they got to talk because now they've gone, these kids have gone two years. How do we re-engage them? Mm -hmm. Because they weren't engaged. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. They, they were not engaged. And I was at the California high school ADs conference here two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the major topics. How do we re-engage our young people at a level they've never been? Well, I think it's how do we engage coaches to learn how to coach in a different world? Yeah. Because it is now a different world. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Rob, I want to talk a little bit about fearless leadership and what are some of the hallmarks or tenets of being a fearless leader? That's a really good one because I think I think that's one that, that um, in this world you've got to be ready to because if you step in the wrong direction, we all know everybody in the world's coming at you, social media, public. I mean, you are, you are a moving target anymore. In fact, sometimes you're not even moving. You're, <laughs> they're going to come get you and tie you up. And get standstill yeah. But I think the whole key to that fearlessness, and I think Bruce describes it well, it's about taking healthy risks. Mm -hmm. So figure out what's a calculated healthy risk. And what, one message I try to tell parents and I try to get coaches to understand is this. Our kids have to learn how to risk. And where do you want them to learn how to risk? Mm -hmm. Athletics or sex, drugs, and alcohol? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. And it's that concept of it's okay to fail at full effort and full attention. Not okay to fail at less than full effort and full attention, but at full effort and full attention. But we can kind of, as leaders, ADs, coaches, 
set that up where it's healthy risks. Right. And then get to the second level. Taking risk does not mean you're careless. Mm -hmm. It means you're fearless. Yeah. Does not mean you're cautious. Means you're fearless. Does not mean you're tentative. You are fearless. And we have to do a really good job of describing that for people because you know fearlessness sometimes results in carelessness. Right. And that's the last thing we want. Yeah. We want to be under this environment where we've calculated this. This is a great time to try something we haven't tried before. Let's do it. Right. And then get after it with full attention and full effort. Yeah. And 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 you know what? Todd, you mentioned this. One of those is, because I think now we've done it for years, but I think now other people, I don't think it's been a vast majority. I'd say it's been a vast under majority, maybe 10 or 15%. What a great time to take a risk and start a student athlete advisory Mm -hmm. committee. Start a something like that that you've never tried before. This is a great time to try it and give our athletes some ownership in coming back from where we've been. Well, and I I think we need to lead. we got to lead from from that that too that it's okay okay it may not it's not gonna be perfect i don't know how many times i didn't try something earlier in my career because i wanted to make sure it was perfect before i started it mm-hmm. instead now i'm just like okay this is the concept we're gonna go with yep let's go do it and we're gonna figure it out it's kind of like yep. covid i just i i just my phrase was adjust adapt overcome yep because we just had to try stuff survive. and we had to try and get survive. through it and we'll, we'll try this and okay, that didn't work. We're going to adjust it. We're going to adapt it and we're going to overcome. We're going to make yeah. it work. So, but we have to lead from that posture too of, mm-hmm. you know what, this didn't quite work, uh, but let's try it this way. And yep. if our kids see that and our coaches see that, you know, maybe they'll follow suit. And, and a kind of another aspect of fearlessness to me is that the leader is, I'm, it's almost I'm fearful if I'm not willing to give some of my leadership away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fearless when I give my leadership. Yeah, away. yeah. absolutely. Okay. That's so true. coaches, here's some areas you take over. Athletes, here's some where you take over. We don't want a compliance, you know, a compliant type organization. Yeah. We want an ownership organization because mm. the ceiling goes so much higher. Yeah. And the way to do that is I got to get over the, my fear of saying, I want total control. Yeah. Because that's me. I want, you know, and I think earlier, I want total control of this, baby. It's my show. Mm -hmm. I got to be able to say, in this area, I'm going to lead, but in this area, I'm giving away leadership. And and how that is a a fearless. Rob, how powerful is that when you see teams and coaches that can do that? And they can say, you know, hey, I've been coaching, I got 450 wins, I know what I'm doing, and I control everything. But then when they get their kids involved, and they start involving them in those leadership conversations and what do we want our team to look like? Wow, those are cool. Those are cool experiences and cool things that happen when that when that transpires. And one of the things that we do at Proactive is we do a coaches leaders workshop. Yeah. So coaches bring in their leaders and we kind of sit back, we we set them up and then we do breakouts. Yeah. When they're in the breakouts, it's a fascinating I always tell ADs ADs, here's your chance to sit back and evaluate. Yeah. And watch this. You'll have three types of coaches. Now, thankfully, a vast majority sit in this, which is, I think, the right way to do yeah. They facilitate the conversation mm-hmm. with their athletes. Uh-huh. But then you get two other groups, very much in the minority, but they're there. Ones that dominate, that won't let their athletes talk. Yep. And then you get the third type that ignore 
I'm just going to let them talk about it. Why? Because they don't want to. They walk away. It's fine if you're there, but they don't want to know what their athletes are saying because uh-huh. they don't want to give up that control. Uh-huh. And that's, that's where we have to do that. Yeah, uh-huh. that's, you are 100% right. As I think about all my coaches, I could put them all in all three of those categories. Yep. Crazy. Awesome. So, uh, Rob, it's effective problem solving is one of the key attributes that separate great leaders from average ones. You, you talked about a little bit right there, but what are some strategies that we can use as coaches, as athletic administrators and, and, and leaders in our programs to utilize and to solve, you know, these problems that we face each and every day? Well, just start with what you two have already talked about. You know, I mean, I love that, you know, be willing, be adaptable, be, you know, all those things that you guys have said, I think fall right into the problem solving. But let's face it, some of that comes with the fact that there's a lot of experience with the three voices on here. So the experience has come through time. So what do you say to those young leaders out there, young coaches or all that? One, they need to develop, one, they, they got to have some professional development yep. on this side of it, yep. okay? And we as athletic administrators have to lead our coaches into that. And if we have young ADs, you hope their principals and superintendents or those of us that surround them are getting in the professional development. Bruce and I always laugh. When we go to a coaching conference and we're up against the next no person, we have everybody with gray hair and no hair in our culture presentation. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else over the X and O's, yeah. okay? And and we got to get them to understand it takes that balance. So yeah. That's the first thing. Let's do some professional development to, to have them prepared for this. Yeah. But I do believe, coming back to the same thing we talked about with the student athletes earlier, yeah. they have to develop what I would call just a council of wisdom. Mm. Yep. Three or four mentor ADs, three or four mentor coaches. Because guess what? The problems you're dealing with, now COVID would be a new one, okay? Mm -hmm. That was a different one. None of us were ready for that. But outside of that, the parent problems, this problem, that problem, we've all dealt with them before. Yeah. You know? And so if you go out there and you seek wisdom, you seek counsel from experienced coaches and ADs, listen to them because they've been there before. Does not mean you have to take exactly their advice because your situation might be different, Mm -hmm. but you at least need to listen to them as they come through. Yeah. And then the third thing I would say is, you know, after you've prepared yourself, after you've sought wisdom, the third one is make sure that you see it from both sides. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes, you know, one of our frustrations on our Facebook page anymore is this, you know, you'll get up there and, you know, if you have 100 comments on a post, 90 of them are great. Yeah. Okay. Then there's five, five posts that tell you how bad parents are. So the worst thing, and it might have not have anything to do with parents. The parent piece just comes on. Okay? Uh-huh. Guess what? You also get five that tell you how bad coaches are. Yep. And, and, and so you can get swayed in this world of both sides. Every coach is bad. Every parent's bad. Yeah. No, they're not. No. Okay. Not so either. let's make sure we step back and take a look at issues from both sides, player to player. Maybe it's a, something internal within the team. Maybe it's something external that's coming at it. And just step back and say, let's make sure we've looked at both sides so we can weigh in on this from a smart aspect instead of an emotional aspect. Mm. We, you know, that came up a few weeks ago, Scott, you know, and I think Aaron, Aaron Stecker just, just made a great point that we get as ADs in particular, we just look at it through our lens too much. And yep. what we see the outcome needs to be. And mm-hmm. we've got to 
don't forget that coach lens, that teacher lens, that student lens, mm-hmm. and see it all Yeah, when we're making decisions. Yeah, there's no doubt. Well, Rob, you mentioned uh, maybe misguided, but the wisdom on this show. Um, <laughs> maybe that just goes with age. but right. And be- because of that, we all handle our emotions so well now. Uh, <laughs> well, some days. It's an on- some days, but it's an ongoing battle, right? But, right. You know, let's just talk about being a leader, handling our emotions, and just why that's so important for us to to really work on, to really make that a point, to do well. Well, I, I just think it comes back to what we said before. Emotions tend to escalate issues, not solve issues. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, and, and, and granted, you've got to be careful. And this is where I think we as leaders, athletic administrators really have to stand up with our coaches when we talk to parents about this. The time to approach your coach is not immediately following an emotional game. Right. Oh, by the way, coaches, the time to approach your players is not after an emotional game. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. you're much better off to go look at the film, relax, and come back the next day yep. than you are to hit them right in the locker room when half the things you're about to yell at them about didn't happen. Yep. Right. You all, you know, 100%. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah, when you look at the film, you go, Ugh. so I'll give an example. I'm working with a, a, a top 20 softball team, D1. I'm at the game the other day, okay, and it's for the conference championship, right? Mm. And there's a play at the plate, and I'm behind home plate doing some stuff, and I'm, I'm like, wanting to yell at the umpire. They were safe. No, I didn't yell, start screaming or anything. But, <laughs> I'm furious. I'm not saying anything, but my mind is like this. And then the guy I'm with from the school pulls out his cell phone and says, oh, look, my wife sent me the picture. They're out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was sure they were safe. Yeah. They were out, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, we just have to step back because that escalates things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do believe what we have to do is educate people on that because the parent does want to talk to them right after the mm-hmm. game. And understand, you're escalating it, okay? Coaches, you don't want to escalate it. So guess what? Don't respond to that tweet. Yep. Don't respond to that post. Yep. Step back. Let it go. Yeah. It's not helping anything. Yep. That's the biggest reason. You know, there's there's one thing you can guarantee about athletics. Highly emotional and public. Yep. And there's going to be mistakes. Yes. So let's not add all of that at the one moment. Yep. Let's back away so we can weed it through so we know ex- the best thing about Waiting and losing your to, to gain your emotions back is you find out the facts. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's and the facts will help you lead to your decision making. Right. I that's probably one of the biggest discussions I've had with coaches, young coaches especially. Yep. yep. Is and I, I I'll try to approach it early in the year if I see it, especially basketball for one, volleyball, yep. whatever. When they're going in the locker room after the game, if it's after a loss and they're in there for. I might just walk in the locker room and and then have the discussion later with the coach yeah. of, you know, those kids aren't listening to you right now. No. And you're just, you're not helping. Uh, you think you yeah. are. And you know why I know that? Because I did it. <laughs> yeah. I already screwed this up. Oh, yeah. I just think, you know, we, yeah. we talk about that. And it, if we don't learn from what we did ourselves yeah. and nobody pointed out, we, you know, we're not learning. But, yeah, I just think. After a loss, get in, get out. And after a win, too, get in, get out. I mean, there's always the next day. They're Tell not- them what they need to know. And, and you know, I talked to, to team leaders. In fact, I spent some time, quality time on this with the team leaders today. 
you know, it's their job as team leaders to make sure they're looking at their teammate. And after games, they don't just go la, la, la. Right. They step back and they go, reflect. How do we do? What can we learn from? And then move on. Yeah. So I don't want, you know, I don't want you hopping into to the, the locker room and all of a sudden what happened out there is gone. But we don't have to rehash it with them a hundred times. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, tell them what, you, hey, we're going at three o'clock tomorrow practice. See you there. That's all they need to hear at that point. Right. You know? One thing I loved our coaches, I, I, our coaches were doing, and something I learned from Bruce a long time ago is just talk about the great things that they saw that day. And and I'm like, hey, I saw this kid working hard. I saw that. And then when the teammates start doing that, I that you see start see some really good reflections on the good things of the game. And then you can leave it at that. And then tomorrow, I'm like, okay, now what do we need to go back mm-hmm. and correct? So yep. I, have the celebration. Stuff. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great way to, re- right? I mean, kids will love that. If they're like this and you tell them, you know what? I saw you make that play. You've been trying hard in practice. Right. Yep. They right. step up, back steps up, shoulders step up. Yep. We got them tomorrow now. Yep. Absolutely. That's, that's, yeah. Then so, you can come back with what the other stuff. Right. Yeah. That's right. But, but gosh dang, man, when you can go in and, and even after loss, talk about some of the things that you saw that were, were great and the things that kids did well. I sometimes I feel like it, like the kids are like, oh, what? Yeah, we lost, mm-hmm. you know, but gosh, we, there's a lot of times in, in, in my life. And I'm sure you say the same thing. I didn't, you know, I didn't succeed, but gosh, I can think about it. I'm like, God, I worked really hard and did all these great things, but it still didn't kind of yield what I wanted it to. But, you know, we kind of go back to all that, pr- the process and what I learned from, I mean, we might not have won or might not would have, you know, raised as much money as I wanted to, or didn't get what I wanted to out of that session with my coaches or, my student athletes, but God, we, we took one step, you know, there's one thing that we came good from that. And a lot of times we don't uh, celebrate the, the little things that we accomplish. And, and even sometimes we accomplish even in our failures. Uh-huh. And, and sometimes I'll go the opposite way. Yeah. Okay? Sometimes we win. Right. And we go in there, dial out, yeah, how great was that? Yeah. And we played horrible. The other team right. was just worse. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You know? Yeah, no, we, we were not good. Right. They were just horrible. <laughs> That's not a good thing either, right? right? I mean, yeah. So, so giving us that chance to walk away allows us to go. Okay, we won, but you know, we won and we were great. We won and we weren't good. Right. We lost, but we were great. Right. Mm-hmm. We lost and we weren't good. Right. Those are vast, four vastly different things. Yeah. But then I then then you, you go, Rob. You talked about already, but it's just then it it, it focuses on that that process versus the product and that journey, how important the journey is and what, and how we learn and giving kids that platform to fail and still be in a situation where they're not out on their own. And the failure is a, a lot bigger deal than if we they're in a position at a high school where we got coaches around there that love them and parents and they're, you know, in a, in a, whatever that we can do to kind of protect them and still let them fail forward is imp- how important that is. As, and I think as a leader on that one, we do have to communicate with parents on that so we're on the same page. Yeah. And the reason I say that ADs, coaches, parents got to be on the same page because I kind of get it. And what I mean by that is this. Where do our kids fail in athletics? Answer, publicly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's in front of everybody. Yeah. That's hard. I, you know, the kid might be able to do that, but me as a parent hate to see my kid fail publicly. Right. Not only that, add in the world where somebody might film that and put it on social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it's a really bad one, oh, Friday, I could be on the 10 worst plays of the week on ESPN. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
that's not easy. Yeah, yeah. no, you're, you're right. right. That's a good point. I'm going to add one question. Aaron's not here, so I'm going to go with a follow-up question. I'm going to be the follow-up guy. <laughs> this one's not on the script. I just – and we, we've talked through so many great qualities of, let's just – you know, coaches, ADs, leaders. Let's just – the best coaches do what, Rob? The best coaches get every ounce of effort and energy out of their kids, and they do it out of love and respect. They, they give them a vision, they buy into that vision, and then they take ownership of that vision. So some things we've already talked about. Yeah. It's, the, it's the away from, I think the best leaders, ADs or coaches, are able to say, this is yours, let me help you accomplish it, versus look what I've accomplished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And no, you know, you can get some wins, you can get some trophies, you can get some championships, but you don't get that unbelievable, that was awesome. Yeah. And so I think that's what they do. They give every get every ounce of energy and effort out of their kids and attention out of their kids because it's done out of love and respect yeah. and providing them with ownership and a vision. Because you said you said right there, Rob. I, I've had teams that won championships and they're like, God, I can't wait till the season's over. Yeah. And 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 yeah. we're really really talented teams and won championships and they're like, Gosh, I can't wait till this is over. And that's when right. you're like, Wow, what like. Then you, you, that's when you're like, for me, I really stood back. I'm like, this isn't about the trophies. This is about the, the experience and the journey those kids go on. And gosh, if at the end of the year, if they want a state championship and they're like, man, I can't wait till this is over. Ugh, yeah. That's not a good feeling. Yep. Well, and the opposite. By the way, we've had the opposite. That's what yeah, yeah. We've had teams. I've had teams that won six or seven, eight games. And it's like, it's the most fun I've had in my life. Yeah. You know, it was yep. just because of the way that they were, you showed them love and respect. You showed love and respect to each one of those teams. Yeah. And for some reason, some just gave it back two and threefold and yep. gave it to each other. Yeah. And that that's when it's really cool to coach and, and yep. lead. Yeah. No doubt. Well, Rob, you get uh, the question we ask everyone on our on the podcast and uh, we've learned so much through this question but if you could go back and talk to a young rob miller minus the shag carpet that is not present anymore (laughs) but you go back and talk to a young rob miller and give him some advice what would you tell what would you tell him don't think i have to do this on my own I, so many times I hold up in my office and I said, I got to bust through this. I got to do this. When I realized I had so many resources out there in front of that could help me through this together. And whether it be my assistant coaches, whether it be, you know, the people I worked underneath me, whether it be, at, you know, when I was leading at the NAI or whatever, or how about this? All the mentors we've had through the years. Right. And you realize it doesn't have to be just me. We can do this broad based, you know, and guess who could be some of your best people to run stuff by your team. Mm-hmm. You know, I just went before I came down here, I just saw a picture of a soccer coach talking to a professional soccer coach, talking to his two players. And it was about, Hey, extra time. Who do you think we should put in in the extra time? Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. wrong with getting the feedback. doesn't mean you have to follow it, but right. there's nothing wrong with getting feedback from your players. Mm-hmm. How great is that? Instead of saying, I have to do this myself. Yeah. 
that would be something I think would be, yeah. I tell myself, I think I did that way too much, yeah. mm-hmm. way too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially as a young coach, yeah. I think we got all the answers. And, yeah. We know, I, I do put it this way. I was named a head coach at 24 years old of a college basketball team. Okay. Yeah. Five years later when I was 67. <laughs> you know i mean it just wears you out physically mentally and emotionally when you try to do it all yourself it just kills you you're pulling and pushing that train both directions wherever you're going yeah Yeah. well thanks for sharing that that's great advice rob thank you well rob i just personally want to thank you uh you know and bruce for everything you've done for me throughout my career and and you've talked about so many great things, but as I listen to, to all these great things you've, you've talked to us about through the article and the, those 15 traits, and this is just the first part, but, you know, I, I think back to just the discussions are on, you know, being aware of my emotions and the reactions and, but then how I can still be vulnerable and express those feelings, you know, uh, to my, to my athletes, to my parents. You know, I, I think about, you know, that, that emotion and admitting, you know, we talked about a little bit today about just being like, hey, man, I screwed that up. And and now I got to go back and fix it. And sometimes those are hard discussions to have, especially as as leader of a, an athletic program that's we talked about. It's very public and emotionally charged. And sometimes saying I screwed up is not an easy thing to do. Uh, but I had to do it a lot in my career. You know, <laughs> Haven't we all? Yeah. And, and then I just. You talked a little bit about two today, and it really just makes me reflect. I'm like, just given that time of reflection and think before I act. And I, I know throughout my career, there's many times I, I did stuff without really thinking about it. And then I get into it, and I'm like, oh, just, that was stupid. And just taking that that moment to, to sit back and reflect on, you know, whatever situation or whatever struggle or obstacle that I've come across, if I would have taken a little bit more time, and like Todd said it too, and it's, Great point is let me think on that a little bit, or I don't know. Let me let me do some thinking. Let me reach out to some of my mentors. You know, and, and Todd and Aaron and I, I'll talk about. Let let me reach out to my Mount Rushmore to to you know to find out you know what what would you do in this situation? And gosh, dang this even this podcast and being able to connect with ads across the, the country and, and in the world has been a huge benefit to me and and how I've been able to learn and grow. Um, but but then also along with that we talk about this all the time is like this, how to manage that stress and how to how to thrive versus survive your role as a coach or an athletic director and Robbie talked about it a lot today is just finding that balance and that's that's hard to do but I mean it's it's so important to our own mental and physical health. Um, that we need to be intentional. We talked about that a lot today too, is just that intentionality of finding time for that balance is really important. And we talked a little bit, so you talked about this a lot, but just connecting with others and how important that is. And and again, reaching out to people and how that has, you know, gosh, if, if I wouldn't have had Bruce come and talk to my school in, you know, 1998, I, who knows where I would have been now. And all the valuable lessons I've learned from you and Bruce over those years, um, I would not be where I'm at now because of that. And same, I say the same thing to Todd and Aaron. I mean, they've been, you know, great for me. I've been able to, you know, bounce ideas off them and learn and, and grown from just having them in my life and, and how meaningful that is and 
it's it's helped me find purpose maybe even beyond uh you know just being at a in an individual school but like you know in your journey rob is you know you've been to athletic departments and spoke with you know some of the best coaches in the country and they and they reach out to you I'm like hey what do i do you know how valuable Most is time, that? you know what i say i'll get back to you on that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, exactly you know i just follow up and i'll be honest yeah. my computer's about ready to die no, here so we got to run it really yeah. but i think one of the best things we could do for that balance find surround yourselves with good people yep make sure they can lead and then let them lead yeah uh-huh. you're right let them lead. Yep. Let them yep. lead. Yep. And before we wrap up, I do want to come back again and thank yep. the National High School yeah. Athletic Coaches Association because I appreciate I love talking to you guys. Yeah. It's just so easy and it flows. Oh, yeah. Well, that's comes because we've done this and organizations like that have helped us come to this point. Yeah. yeah. And, and Rob, will you be at the National Athletic Coaches Association uh, convention this summer? We're still trying to see if that can work. Okay. So, that would be great. So. And for any ADs out there or coaches, I would – I would definitely recommend uh, if you have the opportunity to, to attend that this summer um, begins on June 18th through June 22nd. Um, it's a great opportunity to go hear some of the best coaches in the country uh, for me uh, to, to listen to some great ADs who are doing some great things within their school. And like I always say, I think athletic directors and coaches are great thieves. Uh, come and steal some good ideas and bring them back to your school. And, and make that work for you at your school. So thank you, Rob, for being here. Appreciate it. And, you know, Todd, as always, I appreciate you and everything that you do for not only for your student athletes, but for athletic directors and the coaches in Iowa and across the country. So thank you. It's been an honor to spend this time with both of you. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate you being Thanks, here. Thanks, guys. I sure do appreciate it. Yeah, take care. Again, thanks you to Rob Miller, Proactive Coaching, for being on this edition of Beyond the Bench. I want to thank our sponsors again, Bound, Hometown Ticketing, Gipper, Superfan Inc., and Jamie Beckler. Thanks to everyone out there. Continued success and good wishes on as the spring seasons continue to wrap up and get going. And In Iowa, let's throw in baseball softball games now next week, too. So here we go. We're going to keep it rolling. But thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, have a great week. Be blessed, everyone. Awesome.